What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC on today's show. John Garcia, Jr., our recruiting insider, is going to talk all things recruiting and transfer portal with us. What is going on at Florida? Ole Miss picks up a quarterback. We'll touch on it all with John Garcia, Jr. right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Chris Gordy here with you. And this episode is presented to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I haven't talked to this guy in a couple weeks. Always good to catch up with our buddy John Garcia, Jr., our Locked On Recruiting Insider. And, uh, John, man, it's been some busy weeks with the uh, National Signing Day, the early signing period, and then uh, this transfer portal is really just – I'm sure you don't have a free minute to yourself uh, the, in recent weeks. Huh? I mean, the portal alone, Chris, it, it's been fascinating. It, it's been ongoing. I mean, their players – I mean, we're, we're recording this on deadline day. There are – good players jumping in the portal literally at the last minute it is uh, so fascinating to track but yeah it's it's been head on a swivel on, on all parts of recruiting for sure we're, we're going to get into all that we'll talk about some of the latest names hitting the portal and, and joining new schools but i got to start here the kind of the bombshell news of the week and we kind of heard some rumblings about it uh, last week that uh, florida quarterback commit Jaden rashada did not show up to campus following the Under Armour uh, All-American game and uh, was not with the, all the other enrollees. You look and everybody's like, oh, everybody else is here. Where's Jaden? And uh, come to find out something kind of went wrong with the, uh, you know, the NIL collective and, you know, all that kind of stuff. From what you can tell, what what went wrong here with Jaden Rashada and the Florida Gators? Yeah, Chris, this is going to be the case study recruit, right, for, for NIL and, and its potential impact on recruiting. So yeah, obviously I think you go back to that early signing period. There was some drama on that Wednesday, December 21st, because those letters were coming in and Rashada's was, was sort of the last one. And, and that's when kind of the ears go up a little bit, the eyebrows raise, you make some phone calls and it's like, yeah, there's, there's something up with, with this agreement that was, was signed by both parties here going forward. And you're like, okay, well, Obviously, it got resolved because he ended up signing at the end of the day. Of course, as we have now learned, it wasn't resolved. Uh, this was this was something that was supposed to be resolved. The benefit of the doubt had been given to the Rashada side of, of the camp. Uh, and, and then obviously, once it got close to the time of implementation and him actually making it to campus, things fell apart. I'm told it's, it, it's a huge misstep in communication. Uh, of something was signed by both parties and the Florida side of that deal uh, kind of went back on one of the elements of, of the situation. So naturally Rashada was advised to kind of sit tight in, in California and it became inevitable about a week ago, like you said, that he was going to ask out of this letter uh, of intent and never end up uh, in Gainesville in the first place. So just kind of a mess uh, for, for lack of, of a better term. This was a, a situation that had been, brought up back in the summer remember florida had the buzz for rashada and then he visits miami and picks miami there in the summer before flipping 
to Florida in the fall. So this is something that wasn't put together last minute or agreed upon last minute. Lo and lo and behold, uh, it, it still was was went against or put back against there at the 11th hour, right before Jaden was supposed to set foot in Gainesville for good. So as usual, Chris, uh, it's the adults in the room, not the kids. Unfortunately, Rashada will will carry this with his name, uh, but hopefully for him, uh, he can find another home and, and it'll work out because he's a really talented quarterback with, with a lot of potential. You got any feeling on where he goes now? I mean, I know Miami was right there knocking on the door, but you know they've kind of added some guys here and there. I mean, is there any favorite, I guess, on where he can land? Yeah, I think last week Miami would have made a lot of sense, uh, but they've had a lot, some some turbulence uh, there as well. Jake Garcia is in the portal. Their quarterback coach, Frank Ponce, is now back at Appalachian State, and there's Josh Gaddis rumors there as well. So I, I don't think Miami makes a lot of sense. I conventionally think he goes back to the West Coast. Um, schools that maybe missed on signing a quarterback late in the cycle, maybe a Cal, maybe a Washington, who Ohio State flipped their quarterback there uh, right before signing day. I think schools like that would make a lot of sense, and a lot of them, of course, because of Rashad's status, had had a longstanding relationship and in, in building with him. Uh, I think Cal in particular uh, and Washington had received visits uh, and were in kind of one of his final groups before he picked Miami there uh, in the summer months. So not easy to figure out exactly where, where, but those relationships can be picked back up, and I think he ends up back uh, in the Pac-12 footprint. I know Oregon flipped Baylor's quarterback commit, but they got a ton of NIL money, the Nike and all that. They can uh, they can make a push for Rashada too, maybe. No um, doubt. I no want to stick with the Florida Gators. Um, they did add some nice players in this recruiting class with uh, Aiden Mizell and Kelby Collins. Uh, then the portal, you know, they added Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz. We'll see if he's any good in the SEC. But they get Michigan linebacker Deuce Spurlock, Memphis D lineman Cameron Jackson. This is the headliner, and it stinks, and it's bad taste in your mouth for Florida. But when the dust settles, uh, Billy Napier has done a pretty good job this recruiting cycle and uh, with the portal. Just tough spots to to have it reemphasized negatively. I think you're absolutely right. Look, this is a borderline top 10 high school recruiting class, and the portal's been good. It's just there's been some key moments here where the negative has outweighed the positive from a buzz and perceptional standpoint. Unfortunately for Billy – that's important in recruiting, but if you look at the names and the talent coming in, yeah, th- this front seven is is totally overhauled through the portal and high school recruiting. And, and then this recruiting class in particular, great wide receiver room being brought into Gainesville with nice variants of explosiveness and size, and then ditto for the secondary and defensive line. Really three of the key spots where when you watch Florida in 2022, you say, oh, man, they're just lacking a little bit of that natural – explosiveness on the outside or great secondary play that will be combated with some of these new additions. And I love the portal class beyond the quarterback position, but unfortunately, again, that's where people focus. And when there's so many great and experienced quarterbacks out there and you grab a Graham Mertz, no disrespect to him, it doesn't quite hit the same as grabbing a Sam Hartman or even, even a Brennan Armstrong, a Devin Leary coming out of the ACC. It just doesn't really hit the same way. Although I do think Graham Mertz has some upside and, and this situation will be a lot closer to his skill set than what he got uh, at Wisconsin. Yeah, I've had some uh, Wisconsin fan friends tell me nobody would look good in that Wisconsin offense. It was so archaic. So, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe there's that. Maybe Graham Mertz uh, finds a little success down there in Gainesville. Uh, coming up next with John Garcia, we're going to touch on an LSU quarterback 
going to Ole Miss, staying in the SEC West. We'll talk about that next with John Garcia, Jr., our Locked On Recruiting Insider. But first, I want to remind you guys about our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know success this year all depends on team members you surround yourself with. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you could hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences you help uh, to help you achieve your goals. That's why LinkedIn is awesome. You can put all your job experiences, your uh, every asset of what you have, it's listed there on LinkedIn. And so LinkedIn Jobs is going to use all that to match your job posting to find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Go post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college. Go post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode of Locked on SEC is also brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there from pro sports, uh, pro football, to basketball, college basketball, NBA. All of it is up there at BetOnline.net. They are the fastest and easiest way for you to get all your betting information. Head on over to their website today. You can do so on your mobile device. Learn more. It is BetOnline, and it is where the game starts. Continue on with our buddy John Garcia, Jr. And, John, uh, as we look at uh, LSU, things got a little bit interesting because Jaden Daniels was coming back for another year at LSU, which is good news for them. Garrett Nussmeyer got a chance to show what he could do in the bowl game and in the SEC championship. And so the writing was kind of on the wall there with Walker Howard, the big five-star recruit from a year ago. He was fine sitting third string his freshman year, but after that he's like, you know what? I kind of want to at least be competing for the backup job. I don't want to run scout team for a whole nother year. So uh, he enters the transfer portal. We just found out this week he is going to Ole Miss. A big pickup there for Lane Kiffin and the Rebels. They lose Luke Altmyer to the portal a few weeks ago. Uh, behind Jackson Dart, I mean, there's not much there. So it looks like a good spot for him. Yeah, th- this kid wants to compete, right? Who could blame him uh, when, when he picked LSU – uh, at the end of last cycle, there was a sense of, yeah, Daniels will come in, and if he's the guy, he'll have a good year, and, and he'll move on. That part didn't happen, of course, and I think that's kind of the sneaky NIL impacts that that less people talk about. So guys can play college ball a lot longer if they're not the no-brainer, number-one pick type guys. So it slows down some of that quarterback turnover that we're used to in some cases. So naturally, you know, Walker Howard thought at this point he'd be battling with Nussmeyer in the spring to, to have his fair shot at the job. But I do think he'll have that at Ole Miss. Uh, Jackson Dart obviously started off great for the Rebels, uh, but Lane Kiffin wants to bring in competition there. They thought they were going to do it through high school and the portal. They end up not signing a high school quarterback. Uh, Marcel Reed flipped to Texas A&M. So you knew the portal was going to be an aggressive uh, area for Kiffin, as it always seemingly is. And I'm actually hearing – there could be another quarterback on on route to Ole Miss uh, through the portal as well. So this is a total QB room overhaul. And to me, Chris, it's kind of resetting as a an open competition. Obviously, Dart will have all the advantages built in because he just went through uh, the entire year as the guy. But the way Ole Miss finished uh, has kind of galvanized Lane Kiffin on the recruiting front through the portal. And I think this is going to be a wide-open transfer quarterback battle. And that's something Walker Howard clearly – wanted um there was a little bit of Ole Miss buzz for him late last year uh along with Notre Dame uh, compared to sticking to L- sticking with LSU which he of course did so this is not kind of a snap decision on on Howard's front either Ole Miss got him on campus over the weekend and, and that was kind of it 
as far as Howard's recruitment went. So now I think he's going to have a legitimate today 50-50 shot with Jackson Dart to go win that battle in the spring and potentially into the fall. But don't discount another QB domino getting thrown into that competition before all is said and done. Uh, it's kind of the Lane Kiffin way, right? Chaos at the last minute uh, at the game's most important position. I don't think there's anything more Lane Kiffin than that. Yeah, there was some smoke with maybe Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State. We'll see what happens there. But uh, it, it could turn out to backfire Walker Howard, though. I mean, if, if Sanders goes there and he's third string again, yeah. man, what are we doing? And the other thing is, too, somebody told me, like, well, Jackson Dart's going to play one more year and he'll be gone. Jackson, Jackson Dart's only going to be a junior. If he doesn't crush it next year at Ole Miss – you know, he could be right. back for a senior year and it could be waiting again for Walker Howard. So we'll see. There's no exact science to it, but going where he thinks at LSU, he would have been guaranteed third string. At least at Ole Miss, he's got a chance to at least be back up, if not start next year. So we'll see if that one plays exactly. out. Sticking with Ole Miss, though, John, it looks like they made some nice additions through the portal. They picked up uh, Victor Kern, O lineman from uh, Washington, NC State, D lineman Joshua Harris. Chris Marshall from AM, I thought was sneaky good. And then they had a couple other wide receivers Trey Harris from Louisiana Tech, Miami of Ohio's uh, John, John Saunders. So some nice additions. And then a big Juco pickup, the national champion in uh, Quincy McGee, too. Yeah, McGee was was a great get. I, I thought you expected the skill position guys to flock to Ole Miss, right? Even Walker Howard, Chris Marshall, those receivers. But I think the trenches, that's where we, we saw Ole Miss kind of get worn down a little bit at the end of 2022. And then on top of that, they lost some pretty good players there up front on both sides of the ball, whether it was to graduation or via the portal. Portal giveth, portal taketh. So really important here lately over the last few days to a week to see Ole Miss address more uh, offensive and defensive linemen because I think that's where they were were kind of surprisingly hit the hardest. So, yeah, we, we knew the skill guys would come. You needed a quarterback for sure. Now that those boxes are checked, it's all about – reinforcing that line of scrimmage and that's something that we're seeing Ole Miss address and it's important to note also the another portal window is going to open up here right after spring ball and I do think you're going to see another influx and another push from Ole Miss to be kind of uh, closer to that self-proclaimed uh, transfer portal king status as <laughs> as they uh, were unequivocally last year. Speaking of them, the other team in the SEC that crushed it in the portal a year ago was Ole Miss, and it was LSU. And we saw Brian Kelly won the SEC West in year one, beat Alabama because of the transfer portal. LSU very active once again. They added a couple DBs, uh, Deuce Chestnut from, from Syracuse, J.K. Johnson from Ohio State, uh, some uh, Aaron Anderson, wide receiver from Alabama, uh, Jordan Jefferson from Virginia, and then uh, Denver Harris from AM, a huge pickup, a guy who was a five star a year ago, and then an edge rusher from Texas, an OV Agufu. Um, looks like Brian Kelly's doing it once again, what he just did a year ago. Yeah, kind of the opposite of Old Miss, right? LSU, young in the trenches. A lot of those guys played in 2022 in that, that SEC West title run. So naturally going the other way through the portal and totally revamping the secondary. I thought that was so important for LSU from a corner perspective. They didn't have that same juice uh, and, and their best players left anyway, right? They, they're headed off to the draft anyway. So I thought it was really important for LSU to address the secondary and my goodness, they did. I mean, Deuce Chestnut is one of these instinctive nickel corner types that is just going to make plays and, and find the football. And then there's a lot of pedigree coming in along with him, as you mentioned. J.K. Johnson, long, big, conventional corner. And then Denver Harris may be the best cover corner from the, the 2022 recruiting class uh, that ended up at AM. So he, he was a guy that at, at AM was playing more and more, and we all assume was going to take a huge jump 
this year. But again, they, they've had a huge portal exodus there in College Station, and that was always going to benefit schools like LSU in particular because of what they just did on the field. All the questions we had surrounding Brian Kelly has you know pretty much been answered, right? From a recruiting standpoint, from being able to stick to it in the South, all those questions are answered, and now LSU looks much closer to the program that we always thought it could be. And they're going to be, you know, kind of in the mix right there in the thick of it in recruiting in the portal and obviously on the field simultaneously. We're going to talk more with John Garcia in just a second about Georgia with some more wide receivers hitting the portal. And, uh, hey, Hugh Freeze continues to crush it at Auburn. We'll touch on that in just a second with John. But uh, first, I want to remind you guys, uh, this episode is presented by our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to go try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. A lot of you have the goal of eating healthier, and one of the ways you can do that is with Built. They are healthy and actually tasty. They are covered in 100% real chocolate, packed with protein in there, and low in calories, low in sugar, and they are going to get you going. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Many of the bars only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and like we said, a whopping 17 grams of protein. Go check them out at Built.com, or you can find them at Sam's Club or your local Walmart. It is Built Bar. Try all their different flavors. Check them out at Built.com. Continue on here. One more segment with our buddy John Garcia Jr., our lockdown recruiting insider. And uh, John, uh, we've talked a lot about the portal. Uh, Georgia, AD Mitchell, they're uh, one of their really, really good receivers. Uh, he enters the portal right at the last second. And uh, yeah. this comes on the heels of Dominic Blaylock, who entered the portal as well. Guys who've battled injuries, struggled to stay healthy. Uh, Lad McConkey's already announced he's coming back, so that's good news. You get Brock Bowers for another year. But that seems like a big loss for a guy who finally got healthy and scored a touchdown in each of Georgia's two playoff games. Yeah, that that part in particular. I was surprised to to see this move, but I think when you look at – Georgia, if you could point to a hole, it would have been the wide receiver position. And I know injuries were a huge part of that. And Georgia had already begun addressing that in a pretty big way through the portal, right? Dominic Lovett uh, from Missouri jumping on over, um, Ra Ra coming over from Mississippi State as well. So in theory, Georgia through the portal is bringing in their top two receivers. And then on top of it, from a high school perspective, maybe the best wide receiver class Georgia has signed under Kirby Smart. So on top of that, the young talent at the receiver position looks like it's going to uptick. Tyler Williams in particular, uh, just an absolute star. So could this be a writing on the wall kind of move for A.D. Mitchell? I'm not sure, but I am sure he's going to have a lot of interest because there's just not a lot of players that, one, are available this late, and two, have the big game experience that that Mitchell has. You know, Texas kid was a late riser coming out of high school, so didn't maybe feel that – that true recruiting, uh, like being extremely coveted, like like a lot of kids do, especially at Georgia. But he's going to feel it this time around. I'm already. I got a text earlier about Texas already being a school to keep an eye on for him. So he's going to find a, a nice home and, and maybe a system that's a little bit more friendly to wide receivers. But look, when you've got the running backs and the line and the tight ends, Georgia does. You're just not going to utilize that position as much. But clearly. Through the portal and high school recruiting, there's a sense that that can and will change or at least evolve at UGA. But unfortunately for for dog fans, Mitchell won't be a part of it. Yeah, and then you go get the leading receiver from Mississippi State and the leading receiver from Missouri, 
and Dominic yeah. Lovett. I mean, you it, look, may, no offense to those guys. Uh, the gripe I always heard with George is, man, all they do is just throw to the running backs and the tight ends. Well, they've struggled to find their keep their wide receivers healthy. Well, now you get two very durable guys. I think we could see, uh, you know, as good as Stetson Bennett was this year, whether it's Carson Beck, Bron, Brock Vandergriff, whoever at Georgia, we could see even even more op- wide open offense next year at Georgia. And that's scary. That's saying something, John. So we'll see what happens What happens with there. But I want to get back to the uh, recruiting because we talked a lot about the portal. But let's talk actual recruiting. Hugh Freeze at Auburn. He's crushing in the transfer portal. But, man, they did some work there those last couple weeks uh, to round out a really, really good top 20 recruiting class at Auburn. Unbelievable finish for Hugh Freeze. Yeah, went from like the 40s or 50s to top 20 after he took over. And I, I think more impressively – all their big gets were flips. It wasn't just, hey, this guy's available, and, and look, Auburn's got going to have a puncher's chance. No, they were pulling recruits from other teams. I mean, Keldrick Falk flips from Florida State, Kay and Lee from Ohio State. I mean, this was kind of Darren Reed from LSU. This It wasn't just picking on the G5 schools or maybe the low-level SEC programs. They were pulling from CFP-type programs simultaneously. A heck of a haul there late. Uh, for Hugh Freeze and company. And then they maintained their top commitments that he inherited a- as well. Uh, so doing both of those things, very hard to do. Uh, but Freeze and company did it uh, basically w- without much worry. The secondary class is great. And they hit on some key needs, both uh, on the edge. Um, and I thought in the back end, again, they, they hit a big, versatile secondary class, including some very key flips. Even uh, Sylvester Smith, who flipped from Tennessee, speaking of CFP contenders, uh, just a great in-state get. So there is much more juice and buzz for Auburn in the state of Alabama and in surrounding states. You know, that whole footprint is feeling Hugh Freeze, you know, making his run at, at different prospects. And it's got a lot of folks there excited about the rest of the portal gets, which have already been strong. And then, of course, uh, the first full class that Auburn's going to put together in this uh, class of 24. The uh, high school football season has been over for some weeks. So I always find it interesting when some of the services re, you know, kind of change their ratings on guys and a guy moves from this yeah. to this. And I'm like, well, they've played no games. How are they? But I get it. You know, there's a lot of hype and all these other things go into it. But Nico Iamaliava at Tennessee, now the number one uh, recruit in the country, according to On Three Sports. And, uh, Look, no one's doubting. I mean, this kid's got a lot of hype around him. I know you've been around him a lot and uh, and gotten to see him. But thoughts on him being the number? I mean, Arch Manning was the most talked about recruit going to Texas. But Nico, it seems to be a lot of people saying this kid has a real chance to be truly special. Yeah, if if you're, it always depends on how you how you rank. You know, for us, we are more floor friendly than ceiling friendly. But look, if you're going the ceiling route. It's totally reasonable to bring Ian Aliava in as the top guy. He's the biggest with the biggest arm while also being incredibly mobile and unfinished as a prospect, both physically from a height and weight standpoint and technically from a mechanics standpoint. So if you're talking about if everything kind of aligns for all of these top 10 quarterbacks, who could have the highest upside? You could easily make the argument that it is Ian Aliava. So I, I totally understand that move relative to to an Arch Manning who also had a great senior season there at Isidore Newman. We actually moved Arch up, but we didn't have him number one from the beginning. We had Dante Moore. So it just depends how you look at it. But from a ceiling standpoint, from an arm talent 
and a frame and trajectory standpoint, yeah, Iamaliava might be the most impressive. He's 6'6", 200 pounds. He moves well, has an absolute cannon. He's got this it factor gravitational pull personality-wise that, that folks really like. Uh, and you know he's got room to improve because, one, he hasn't focused on football his whole life. He's like an elite volleyball recruit. And, two, obviously – He's going to get into an SEC strength and conditioning program, um, coupled with what Josh Heupel's done at Tennessee. All of that stuff matters. And to me, you should take into consideration the school the kid's going to, especially at quarterback, where you know the system fits so well because the guy we just saw do it at Tennessee kind of profiled the same way in high school. Hendon Hooker was this big kind of untapped arm talent potential type of kid and look what he became in in very short uh, order under hypo so imagine somebody fostering that right out of high school that's the opportunity tennessee has with nico look hypo's already found a way to to coach joe milton to put some more touch on his passes so he's a miracle worker already i can't do anything right (laughs) see what he does with nico uh one more note of tennessee john campbell coming over from miami i've been told i mean plug and play instant starter on on the offensive line there yeah, prob- probably right tackle, I think, but he's got left tackle experience. Um, when he jumped in the portal, folks down here in Florida were like, he's either going to FSU or UF. So for Tennessee to pull that off was a really big deal. I mean, he could be the Darnell Wright replacement, maybe. Um, th- this is going to be a great offensive line, and he'll fit in somewhere. It's hard to get guys with that much experience and the ability to play left or right tackle. Campbell's like playing his best ball right now. You know, it's not one that, hey, he peaked a couple years ago, got hurt, whatever. He's playing his best ball right now. So huge opportunity for him in the portal. And obviously Tennessee is going to take advantage in a a pretty offensive line friendly system for sure. One more before we let you go, John, Arkansas. They're getting K.J. Jefferson back. Uh, You know, it seemed like they were trying to find who was that next guy to step up after Traylon Burks went off to the NFL. It looks like this year in the portal, they're just like, go get any, like, under-the-radar small school wide receiver you can find. Tyron Broden coming over from Bowling Green. But then Isaac Tesla and I think Andrew Armstrong is another kid. Like, are they just trying to find any kind of productive wide receiver they can that maybe they find a diamond in the rough? Yeah, look, they hit the portal hard last year, and it, it kind of worked out, kind of didn't simultaneously. So, yeah, you, you got to kind of reshuffle the deck and and do it again. Yeah, you, you've got to – if we thought Georgia had issues there, you've got to hit that at Arkansas because this offense doesn't work if all threats of that RPO game aren't clicking simultaneously. You feel good about KJ, the backs, and the line kind of always there at Arkansas. It's really about the wide receiver spot. So, no shame in, in casting a wider net. And by the way, NIL-wise, if your last name is Tesla, you should feel pretty good <laughs> about uh, potentially upping the level of, of eyeballs that are on your program. So shout out to, to that receiver for jumping in there at Fayetteville. We'll see if they can hold on to Kendall Bryles, though. That Those rumors are picking up uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, certainly. Elon, hit up Isaac Tesla. He's interested in the yeah. NIL deal. Uh, John Garcia, Jr., always good to catch up with you, man. And uh, SI.com, easiest place to find all your work? Yes, sir. Or just come come holler on Twitter, John Garcia underscore JR. Anytime. John, thanks for the time, man. Always good to catch up. Likewise, Chris. Thanks for having me. All right. That's John Garcia Jr., our Locked On Recruiting Insider. Thanks so much for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Now you'll make your second listen. Check out the Locked On uh, College Basketball Podcast. Uh, experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, hear from some big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. You guys have an awesome weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday right here on Locked on SEC.